You know, it's funny too because Dallas has a new third jersey this year. I think it. I don't know. I feel like the, there was some balls dropped. That's not what I meant. Hello, welcome to Hat Trick, January twenty fourth, Sunday night. Braden and I are joined this week by Elliot Tanti, one of the original hat trickers. Is is that what we should say? Hat trickers. Um, we're we <laughs> That's have a exactly. great. We, we have a great episode tonight. Uh, we're really looking forward to it. As we said last week, we're, we're going to bring back uh, Elliot once in a while. We've got some new guests lined up. This should be a lot of fun. Elliot, welcome back to Hattrick. You are one of the OGs. How does it feel to be the third wheel? Uh, just as awkward as ever, Jordan. Um, but I think we'll, we'll figure out a way to get through it. <laughs> we, we certainly will. How do so, we make you feel less awkward? Well, starting by calling me a tricker is uh, just it's deeply, <laughs> I, deeply and uh, and frankly inappropriate. And I'd like to the uh, HR department of this uh, podcast. Yes, we'll get. Down well, how you choose to identify yourself, we'll, we'll honor. <laughs> We're all a little giddy because we did just watch the Oilers with a great comeback win against the Winnipeg Jets. But believe it or not, we are not going to talk about the Oilers this week. I mean, we will talk about them. I'm sure it will come up. But we will talk about the Winnipeg Jets. We will talk about the Washington Capitals. And we're going to talk about some fancy new jerseys. This is Hat Trick. Let's go. Okay, topic one this week. Uh, as I mentioned right off the top, the Winnipeg Jets have traded Patrick Laine and Jack Ro- uh, Rostovic <coughs> to the Columbus Blue Jackets in exchange for Pierre-Luc Dubois, ending the Dubois saga, we'll call it, in Columbus. Um, let's open it up to the floor. Thoughts? This is one of the biggest trades we've seen. This uh, is the biggest trade we've seen this season. And obviously, um, we don't see a lot of these kind of hockey trades. Let's let's call them. There's no picks. or there is a pick involved. But mostly, this is about moving players back and forth. We kind of knew this was coming with Dubois. Elliot, what are your early thoughts? Well, I guess I'm a bit disappointed in that, you know, I think the Winnipeg Jets have just become a lot better and they're in the same division as the Edmonton Oilers. So my initial thought is that I think the, the Jets won this cha- trade. Um, I think any deal involving Dubois, the, the team getting him was probably going to be the winner. Um, and, and so that's obvious. I, I guess I'm just disappointed in this whole situation. Um, I think if I was a Columbus Blue Jackets fan and maybe even a bit of a Jets fan in this situation, you know, so much frustration and, and there's so many people that live this life, living this life and looking forward to hockey and have this kind of stupid sort of interfight squabble between what appears to be John Tortorella and Dubois sort of dictate hockey moves and change the texture of your team and potentially make your team worse would just be immensely frustrating, I think, as a fan, if I was a Columbus Blue Jackets fan right now, because it literally has nothing to do with what was going on in the ice, it seems like. Maybe I'm wrong, maybe I'm misreading it, but I, I feel like very frustrated and angry uh, on behalf of CBJ fans. That's my first initial reaction here. And But hey, Winnipeg took advantage of a good situation. Braden? I mean, if you look at uh, how the NBA players end up moving around as much as they do, they've gained a lot more autonomy. And that's what it seems like in this kind of situation where everybody who moved in this trade had asked to move in this trade. So I'm, I'm with Tanti a little bit and that it's frustrating as a fan to watch that dictate how uh, these moves happen. But, but uh, I think both teams uh, gained uh, offensive power that, uh, that, that should be able to help their squad uh, 
the the one the one thing I'm not too sure about is how um, Pat Line is gonna gonna work out with uh, John Tortorello, but maybe that's something uh, something we're gonna see uh, blossom to something really special. Yeah, I mean, I think as you mentioned, Braden, everybody here seemed to get what they wanted in some form or another, I suppose, player-wise. Um, I think both teams will come out of this being able to at least in the short term sell to their fan bases that they won the trade. We always sort of quantify trades by who wins them. I think it's always a little bit hard to do that in the short hours after. It is also the first time we're going to get a good sense of how trades and transactions will work in the COVID era because in the case of Dubois coming to Canada currently, uh, he's going to have to sit for 14 days. I know that the Jets and uh, the other Canadian teams are lobbying the government to try to get um, them back into the situation they were prior to the training camps where the government gave them an exemption for seven days. Um, but it's going to be a tricky thing because what are you going to do that every single time any team makes a trade and in the interim not worry about like it's a, you know what I mean we're going to see the politics of it. Um, but the last th- thought I, I would share is I do think that Line a is in a better place in Columbus than he was in Winnipeg because he's got a Finnish general manager the only Finnish general manager in the league. He's got um, a team that is just I think excited to be out of um, sort of the drama of the guy that left them. And I think he's the kind of player that will thrive on that kind of opportunity. Um, I think to be honest, maybe Dubois will too. You know, I, the irony, I, I saw someone make a joke earlier. It's like if either player was looking to get out of sort of a cold and uh, less than ideal market, I mean, Ohio and Manitoba are pretty similar. <laughs> Lots of overlap there. I mean, I just don't accept that there's any chance that this is going to end up in any other way, but more beneficial for Winnipeg. Uh, you just can't, can you just can't compare a bona fide number one, two, one, one, two center to a winger. A center is just too valuable in the NHL. I, I just, I'm not buying it guys. I, I think this is an easy win for Winnipeg. Yeah. And I think we saw it tonight, like that team can score quickly when they get the opportunities, but they did struggle in the face-off circle and they need a guy who can sort of generate some of that opportunity. Line A should have been that guy and maybe was occasionally, but obviously there's a big difference when you're, I don't know, they're, they're very different players are hard to sort of compare. Um, but I also think it's interesting. Uh, this is the second time in the last uh, less than a decade that we've seen a number two overall pick leave the team they were drafted by relatively early because obviously Sagan leaving Boston to go to Dallas and it worked out for Sagan. So who knows? Maybe it'll work out for Patrick Liney. Uh, that is topic number one. Um, how do you feel, Elliot? It's a little bit different when you when you're under the time crunch. I actually really like it. It forces me to be succinct, which is not something I don't think people would, an adjective people would normally use to describe me. So this is great. Okay, topic number two today, um, a little bit more serious, I guess you could say, but uh, equally kind of intriguing. Uh, The Washington Capitals and uh, breaking COVID protocol have found themselves in a bit of a uh, situation with the league. Alexander Ovechkin, Evgeny Kuznetsov, Dmitry Orlov, um, Ilya Samsonov will all miss at least a week of games, uh, and the Washington Capitals have been fined $100,000. Now, obviously, being without these four players will pose a serious disadvantage to the Caps. Big news coming out of Washington. Um, what were your first thoughts when you heard about this, Braden? Well, it's one of those tricky situations because you've got uh, guys playing together on the ice, they're traveling together, and then there's, you know, they're, they're hanging out in a hotel room, and and that, and so, and so the the whole COVID uh, 
protocol, like what, what it is to determine what is, uh, what is their guideline and what is it's, it's, it's frustrating, I'm sure for the players, but the, the fact of the matter is this, this is the way that they are going to be able to play is by the rules that they set in place. They have to be able to abide by them. And the only, the only reason that, uh, that, that I think that the fine is as heavy as it is, is this is precedence. Um, you know, these players, uh, there's so there's so much responsibility, I guess, is what I'm trying to say on these players to make sure that everyone's safe and everybody's following those protocols so that the game can continue and we have our shortened season with uh, as few postponements as possible. Well, I think, you know, in terms of does the punishment fit the crime, 100 grand is a drop in the bucket to these organizations at the end of the day, really. So I don't know that the money is necessarily going to dictate things. What I do love about it though and what's good about it is that the first people to really mess up uh were some star players and alexander ovechkin he's been in the front of you know uh, negotiations on behalf of the union he's he's maybe the second third most popular hockey player uh, immensely popular obviously in russia as well it sends a signal when a caliber a player of that caliber is seen to be breaking the rules and receives a pretty strict punishment and it's going to have significant impact on the washington capitals for however many games that those those guys are out. So, so in some ways, that's good. But how immensely stupid to, to, you know, I don't care. And I get that the regulations are stupid and it's difficult to kind of figure out where the lines are. But, you know, we're all doing that too. And the lines are changing every day and people are figuring it out. It is an immense privilege to be able to get to do what you do and continue to even work. Uh, so many people in this world right now aren't even able to do that. And it just shows a level of disrespect. It's a bit akin to politicians traveling during restrictions in my mind as well, too. And, and I think that on top of that, you know, these guys are leaders and they're, they're meant to be role models. And part of the deal with them coming back was also not just talking about good behaviors in COVID, um, but emulating them. And, and when you don't like, there was going to be a first group of people where this happened to, it happened to be this group. So I'm, I'm really going down on them. My response would have been the same to any players, but just, just how somewhat disrespectful and, and, and really uh, just, just very angering for me, as you can obviously tell from my response. And, and I think that that's, that's sort of, that was my initial response on in reading the story anyway. Well, you're not the only one who was angry. Uh, I don't know if you saw this on Twitter, but Alexander Ovechkin's wife, uh, Nastia, uh, posted on her Instagram um, a, a rather uh, a passionate defense of her husband and the fellow players. I'll read you a little piece of it here and then get your thoughts. Of course, only Russian players of Washington Capitals were together in the same hotel room. Of course, all of the other NHL players when playing away, separating themselves from their teammates. Of course, you can't catch the virus when you and your teammates sit on the bench, hug each other when you score, or when they all when they all together in the lounge or locker room. So obviously, she's trying to pull a, a call out a couple things here. I think it's interesting. One, the suggestion that only the Russian players were together maybe says something more about the Washington Capitals culture as players. Um, we'll, we'll leave that alone for a second. Um, secondly, uh, I, I mean, is it hip, hypocritical? Is, is there some hypocrisy here? Obviously, when the players were all in the bubble, the rules were different because I suppose they were protected from the outside world. But here, uh, if teams are still traveling together and they're still playing together and certainly there's no uh, social distancing on the bench, uh, it, it does it does pose some sort of tricky um, fine lines, I suppose, from a patrolling and protocol stand from the NHL. I think that's kind of what you were saying, Elliot, but she certainly feels the same way. 
Well, and I mean, I, I, I get, I get that it's difficult to sort things out, but I, in my mind, um, you know, clearly one of them has been exposed and now they're all close contacts because they were in the same room with each other without a mask and it's impacted the entire team. Uh, that's a problem and, 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 and that's dangerous and, and it leads to spread. And, uh, and did, they, just, did, did someone test positive? Is that how this came out? I don't like, think that anything's been really officially said. My yeah, Samsonov. No, Samsonov, Samsonov has it. Okay, positive, so then, yeah. so that kind of changes it. So that's right? their so premier goalie. The guys got it, and they were in the same room. That's a, that's a problem. But um, I mean, yeah, I guess we'll leave it at that for now. But I guess it's going to be one of those situations again, uh, perhaps a canary in the coal mine here as the first sort of real example in in the NHL as to how this could could affect them. We've seen Major League Baseball and the NFL. I mean, the NFL is going to get through a season somehow without. Uh, I don't think they canceled the game. They postponed many by a few days and then i think the denver broncos played once with like a garbage man as the quarterback but i don't know we'll see so anyway that's topic two we'll leave it at that for now and uh, a funny one for sure uh on to topic three topic three brand new jerseys so the uh the nhl has introduced a brand new set of kit for each individual team uh, I don't know about either of you, but I spent most of my quarantine uh, on EA uh, designing my own franchises, many, many franchises with many, many jerseys. <laughs> um, Adidas rolled out the new reverse retro line, um, and we're gonna we're gonna run through. I want to get your 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 input on uh, the the jersey you love, jersey you hate, and the jersey you just go, what the fuck? What about you, Elliot? Let's start with you. What's, the one What's your love, you Elliot? What's love? your love? You want me to start with my love? I'll start. With, I'll start with my love. And I think, you know, Brady, you and I have very similar um, senses of style and things that we appreciate. And I think, you know, one of us was going to pick the throwback to the uh, the other franchise jersey, and then you know the other one was going to pick the other one. So I'll take Colorado, the Quebec Nordiques jersey, coming back into the fold. Absolutely love it. Love the look of it. Um, I love what they've done integrating the Colorado colors into it, uh, but it's just so cool to see uh, the Nordiques uh, jersey back around in the NHL. So that's my my love. Uh, I have to agree. And I love the it's taste; like it, it's still the design. Yeah, it's 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 great. Okay, so Jordan, what will you? I, what's your, just what's before the, just before I do my love, I have a question love. just to the room here. I know we always go over on the last topic, so I'm going to already I'm already throwing us off the clock here for a second. But quick question: So, right. when Adidas, who is the official jersey supplier of the NHL, called these reverse retro, what the heck does that mean? Yeah, because yeah. it doesn't seem like that applies to every jersey. It does seem like some teams went retro, some teams went like reversed yeah. colors. And some teams, I don't know what's going on. So anyway, I'm not quite Just sure about the name. No colors. <laughs> well, and some was, yeah, like it's. It felt like some they, they they didn't actually have any plan as to like different teams wanted to do different things, but they wanted it all under one sort of like line. So they had to come up with something that was both incredibly abstract, but also sort of uh, very specific. Like it's about rollout. What they should have done. You guys sent me the article today. And what they should have done, they showed the new jerseys, but they should have shown also the jerseys that they were based on, not not just because hmm. uh, I think that then you would have been able to kind of get that sort of sense of what they were doing and what was going on. I mean, for the teams right. that know the Oilers, you, you know, you can kind of see that what, what they've done specific to them. But there's lots. I'm like, oh, this 97 version of the whatever Dallas Stars. I don't know. Like, like what sure. is this? 
you know, there yeah, are some yeah. other yeah. rollout that I think they missed. Well, it gets tricky when you have a team like Vegas, who's what four years old. They, they how can you be retro or or even Winnipeg, where technically the Phoenix Coyotes are the retro Winnipeg Jets. Anyway, let's move on, uh, and I will do my love. My love, you're not going to believe this, is uh, the first time I've ever said in my entire life that I love something related to the Calgary Flames. But as a kid, when that third jersey awesome. came out. And everyone made fun of it, and it was like the the flaming horse, but it looks like a I dragon. A dragon, it's yeah. awesome. That that logo is like it's it's such a '90s kid, really uh, early 2000s kids uh, memory. Everybody loved that jersey, even if you hated Calgary. It's a great jersey. It looks really nice. The black with the red and or the yellow trim. You know, Calgary's kind of gone just to the. They've lost the black in their current jerseys. The black looks really nice. I I don't know. I'm digging it. I I would never wear it, and I'll never pay a dime for it. But I will enjoy it when the Oilers beat them I'll while they're wearing it. it. When I set it on fire, I'll enjoy looking at it. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It'll look exactly. good. All right, Brady, what's your love? My love, uh, similar to, to Elliot there, the Carolina Hartford Whalers jerseys are just beautiful. Like this logo, I think with the 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 H silhouette, in, it's just like it, it looks so good. And the color scheme and the, the gray and yeah, there's just between that and the Colorado jerseys, those throw, that's reverse retro. That those are the throwbacks. Now, not every team has a team that they used to be, but there's some missed opportunities. Like, uh, they're just like they're just beautiful. There's ev- the the missed opportunities I'm talking about are, are like Buffalo, those logos that they used to have and the Oilers had an old logo that they could have used. I, uh, I, I, it's always surprises to me how often uh, that Whalers logo comes up as top 10 list of like greatest logos in sports. Yeah. It was one of the things that was lost when, when well, it's left. classic. It's it's got such a simplistic and yet sort of like iconic design. You got the whale tail on the top of the H. It's simple. It looked good. And to be honest, I think it's part of it is also like Gordy Howe's last jersey. Like the there's some iconicity. Right. Like like yeah, it just it has such an interesting design history. Um, and, and yeah, and definitely a design that was lost. Um, all right, let's move on to the ones we hate. And I think it it was harder for me at least to pare down to the ones I hated because there was a list of a few. And I know that's the same for Braden. So why don't we do like a snake draft version of this? And Braden, why don't you go again with your hate? With my hate? Well, I I hate the uh, the Dallas jerseys. The Dallas jerseys looks like they just, it's like a paint by numbers and they just forgot to finish it. There's, uh, you know, they, they went back to the awesome uh, – kind of star shape around the piping of the jersey but you can barely the the font is so silver you can barely even read it uh yeah it looks like it's um an unfinished coloring book you know it's funny too because dallas has a new third jersey this year i think it i don't know I feel like the, there was some balls drop. That's not what I meant. Um, I feel like there was a ball dropped somewhere in the Adidas jersey sort of uh, department. planning department because the Vegas Golden Knights, the Dallas Stars, there's even a couple other teams that have brand new third jerseys separate from this line of jerseys that all kind of came out. And now they're kind of getting, I think they're going to kind of be buried in the wash, whereas you know, you want to roll them out separately. Anyway, um, and Dallas's third jersey, I don't know if you've seen it. It's the black, it's basically the Oilers yeah, third yeah. jersey. It's the black mono, uh, sort of monocolor one, two tone. So black with the yeah. green, it's their standard jersey, but just green trim. And it's 
like glows in the dark. It looks amazing. Um, yeah. So somehow yeah, I, I don't agree mind that. that. Yeah, the Dallas one, the Dallas one's kind of missing something. I'll jump in here really quick because my hate is very similar to yours, Braden, and it's the Detroit Red Wings. And it yes. also feels not only unfinished, but it feels like a practice jersey. Since when did to... gray or silver become part of there? Exactly. I you know it's funny. I think the Detroit Red Wings are one of the only teams that's never really had a secondary primer like primary logo. They've never gone with any real mix up. They had the D they had the when they D, did like yeah. the winter classic, but they've right. never really had a primary jersey that's anything other than the 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 winged wheel. Um but like it's it's a white jersey with gray trim, you know, the old uh sort of just two-tone striping and then the red logo. It looks like a practice jersey. And I I I hate it i wonder what right, the pants are have we seen those jerseys yet no but on, you know if on you go ice? on no if you go if you speaking of ea if you go play if you get the update the december update to the ea game you can see them all they're all on there and that's okay. how i went through to see that because i wanted to see what the oilers look like with the pants and everything yeah it's okay but but you, that's how you can find out more or see the rest of them and i i don't know when they're going to start wearing them i i haven't seen any a few yet. of them already have i've, okay. I've seen a few i haven't of them. seen any yet. Yeah. um none of the canadian teams i think have played in them yet anyway well, i mean Elliot. ottawa's reverse is their new jersey <laughs> yeah that's right <laughs> Who uh, do I hate? I guess I don't know. I hate Vancouver's. I, I, I this isn't exactly my area of expertise, guys. So, um, I you what, know hating Vancouver or hating the Canucks jerseys in general. There was something that rugged me the wrong way about the Vancouver one. I'm just looking at it again now, like the weird fading at the bottom. Yeah, that's gradient. It's like it just seems a bit. I know I, why you don't like this jersey. I, just, I know why you don't like this jersey. Why don't because. Because Vancouver is one of those teams that has an actually impressive roster of retro jerseys. They've got the spaghetti bowl flying skate. They've got even the like 90s version of their current logo with yes. the red and blue. The, the maroon. But yeah. They also have the V. That's what they should have done here. They have the V, the big black, red, or orange and yellow V. And I know this is personal for you, Elliot, because. There was a Tanty who once played for the Vancouver Canucks in that jersey, and that's why you're upset about it. But yeah, you know, when Vancouver just, dropped the ball, it is just about a bit about just how how this one just fails in comparison because there are so many cool jerseys, but they've done this a lot in a lot of different ways. Yeah, that's true. I think it's hard to maybe for them to have done something unique on this front. Anyway, there's lots to hate about some of these. I, I agree with you guys on this one. And the Vancouver one is again. Go and look these up. We're gonna put them on our. We're gonna put the ones we talked about. Will be on our Instagram. But they, it's kind of like an ombre. It's like it fades from green to blue. They used to it, have a jersey like this. They used to have it when it was like maroon. Yeah, in red and blue. Exactly. Yeah, so that's yeah, what yeah. they're trying to do. I don't get it. I, I don't get it. I don't know. Um. All right. Uh. We'll we'll snake draft again here, Elliot. What's your what the fuck? Uh. What the fuck? Okay. So first of all, let's do. <laughs> What was what was the thinking? Let's do a throwback retro jersey series uh, when we've just introduced a, a team to the league last year. And so, like, the, what the fuck for me is just like, why do like why do this in general when you know you're gonna have this trouble with Vegas or or like I just I don't know. It just that to me the the Vegas one for me was sort of just like okay, like we'll play homage to other hockey teams. Okay, I guess that makes sense, but it's just. There was not some critical thinking here. And I think in addition to now learning that there's some teams with the third jerseys come out this year, um, which I just learned now from, from you guys, like it we just, are, we are kind of Jersey snobs to be it fair. It didn't need to happen this year though. And, and, and like, yeah, 
Vegas some time and maybe is two years going to ch- solve this? No, but there's that. Honorable mentions this for this for me, Nashville and Dallas, like they're just the same jersey. Like yeah. <laughs> those two, I just like, I don't, my what the fuck is like, okay, cool. Like I, as a fan, I'm not going to go out and buy that. Like I have that jersey already in my closet. Anyway, I'll stop talking. No, that's fair. I think you're right. And, and it, I made the joke earlier, not meaning to step on your toes about Vegas, but you're right. It's sort of an awkward thing when it's like, oh, guys, hey, everybody, uh, we're going to do some uh, jerseys inspired by those old jerseys you used to have. And Vegas is like, uh, sorry, we just got here. Um, yeah. uh, you know what? I'll just I'll give you a little anecdote here, Elliot. Again, I, I admitted a moment ago, we are jersey snobs, Braden. And I uh, we're both very devoted followers of sports. Logos, fashion. Cotton. Hockey sports fashion. logos. This is a free plug I'm doing. Sportslogos.net, which is Chris Kramer's website. This is this guy who just loved sports logos. And so he started this blog that turned into a very popular website. It's updated like daily. I think he's got multiple people writing. They do, you know, blog posts and episodes or like like pieces about uh, jerseys. Here's what's funny. He did a breakdown of all of these jerseys, sort of looking at what, like what you were saying, Elliot, what Adidas should have done, because he's, a, again, a jersey snob, and he knows the history. So he went through it. And what he says about Vegas, which is kind of ironic, is he says that uh, Vegas hockey history, by wearing a stripped-down version of a design that is similar to the 1990s Las Vegas Thunder of the old International Hockey League. So apparently, this design... I think mostly the trim, the way the, the, the piping is sort of V-shaped, is a throwback to a hockey team that played in Vegas in the 90s. But really, like, that's a stretch to try to make this fit that. I don't know. I don't know. I just, I, this idea for me, like, the rollout seems sloppy. Uh, you know, I've got issues with what are they, what are they basing this on? The yeah. idea that you've got jerseys being introduced by teams this year as third jerseys anyway, and then the yeah. fact that you've got this, this history thing, there's something here, you know, the, the right hand wasn't talked to the left at the NHL head mm-hmm. office in general, I think. Totally. And as you, I think maybe, man, maybe we'll, maybe we'll never know, but it's possible this was like an idea that was like a couple years in the making and they got kind of screwed by COVID and they, that's why it feels rushed in, in some sense, but uh, maybe just also they, they wanted an extra revenue stream. So they just hustled them out. Hoping well, that's just it, right? Buy them, right? Um, I will jump to my, my, what the fuck, um, which again, this feels like one of those ones that was like ill-conceived from the get-go, but also it has to be the most lazy. Like if you look at all of these in a row, the New York Islanders jersey in this list is the New York Islanders jersey. I, I just to the naked the... eye, couldn't even tell you what's different about it. And the worst part about it for me, the one that makes me go, and I, again, I didn't put this down as my hate. I put it as what the fuck because it's like you guys had a huge missed opportunity here with the freaking Fisherman logo. People love that oh, no. jersey in the 90s, right? What are you doing? Uh, so the New York Islanders is like the most mailed in uh you know, work from home version of these jerseys. All right, take us home, Braden. What's your what the fuck? Well, speaking of miscommunication, the Anaheim Ducks decided, or the Anaheim Mighty Ducks decided to bring back their, um, I don't know what you call this. It's not even like it's a logo. It's like it's a, a, like a doodle, like an animated cartoon, even the model that they rolled this image out. Like he's looking at the camera, like, I, 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 take this off of me. Like, I'm sorry. This is, I'm sorry. I'm wearing this. It's, I mean, 
at first glance, it's kind of cool. Like you look at it and you're like, okay, this is kind of fun. But then you start looking at the jerseys and you're like, okay, so this so will look ridiculous. We're, on we're in the an ice. audio. We're in an audio format. Describe it for us, Braden, if you would. Okay, so there's some nice, really nice teal going on, which never. Uh, well, it was the it was the color one of their main colors uh, early on, and and you've got they've got some black piping lower down. Their font for the C and the twenty is like um, some terrible serif that you would find on uh, on font.com. And then you've got uh, you've got the logo, the the Mighty Ducks logo, but it's really 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 tiny, and it's on the jersey of a Mighty Duck goalie who's flying into the, it's yeah, through the ice. Um, I've seen Let this me, jersey before. They, this, they used to wear this for they like wore a this jersey reverse. So the teal, it was where the white was. And yeah, now right. they flipped so it. So they've reverse retroed it. Uh, what the fuck? To... They have the coolest Mighty Duck logo. You know what's funny and about the Mighty Ducks? they decided to the roll Ducks, out this cartoon. The Mighty Ducks have one of the most difficult histories to unravel because you have to remember, this is a Disney product, right? Yeah. The Mighty Ducks are an NHL team bought by Michael Eisner, CEO of Disney at the time, after the success of a children's movie about hockey that he yeah. only made because his kid loved Wayne Gretzky playing in LA. They made a, a movie, they made a hockey team, they branded the hockey team the same as the children's movie. And of course yeah. they had jerseys like this, and I think it's great. I, here we I are. could not disagree with the what the fuck more. I think this one is awesome too. It probably would have been the runner up for love. But also good. Like that, oh, That's you know, true. Like it's, it's, it's very what the fuck. But it's like, I think the font is the one thing that is pretty disgusting. Like that, that... <laughs> it's so bad. It's so bad. It was an opportunity taken, but missed. My other my other little, uh, the, the honorable mention here on what the fuck is the Toronto Maple Leafs. Like, it just, the jersey itself just looks bad. Uh, yeah, it's not great. It's a weird one, too. The... I have a friend, I have a good friend who's a Toronto Maple Leafs fan, and I was sort of like, what, what's this logo? He's like, I don't know. I have no idea what they're doing. Not even the logo, the, the stripe down the edge. Yeah. You know, it's funny. And the Pittsburgh one, which I know Braden's not a huge fan of either. Have you, has anyone noticed that that's the same Pittsburgh Jersey though, that Snoop Dogg wears in the gin and juice music video. Go Google that later. There's your little take home. It's the same design. So maybe there's some cross promo there. Cause I know uh, Snoop Dogg's a big hockey fan. Well, Elliot Tanty, welcome back to Hattrick. You've made it successfully to the end of your first guest episode. Um, How how are you feeling? (laughs) Looking forward to, to doing, you know, more well thought out segments. Like let's talk about jerseys, which are visual things on a podcast. That, that, that's the kind of quality. That people hey, it's, it's cross. I've been platform. waiting for this. It's cross platform. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you can go to our Instagram page. We will have the jerseys we talked about there. I've already plugged sportslogos.net for free. I might add, Hey, Chris Kramer, if you're listening, give us a follow or give us some change and I'll happily promote you. Or, or some memorabilia. I'll take some of those Oilers there you jerseys. Go. There you go. Oilers, uh, sign me up for those Caps jerseys. Those are nice. Those San Jose jerseys got it going. Well, we're going to leave Braden here alone, slowly going through every single jersey with his thoughts on it. Thank you, Elliot. Thank you, Braden. This has been another edition of Hat Trick. Hat Trick is a member of the Ordinary Podcasting Network. Produced every week by Jordan Dyler Coltman and Braden Dyler Coltman. You can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Thanks for listening.